Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. We are back for day seven of streaming in place. And unfortunately, today, Allison is not able to join us because there's more construction happening in her building. And it's just very loud. Um, so we are instead just talking about, uh, just Nolan and myself, the next episode, which is season one, episode seven of Lucifer and not Outlander, and it is <laughs> Wingman. Uh, we, we really liked episode six, Favorite Son. Uh, how did this follow? Like, it's kind of a two-parter, but kind of not a two-parter, because it's very much its own thing. How did this uh, follow-up work for you? Was it, like, a worthy, like, two-parter? Was it a lot of, like, build up and then, like, this was solid, but not where the previous episode was? No, I think it's pretty solid, if only for the couple of set pieces that the episode gives us. Uh, the first being that overly theatrical MMA style Panopticon auction. And I have a lot of questions about that venue <laughs> and how that all works. But I think that that the theatricality of that then coupled with the theatricality of how um, Isaiah Whitlock's character, who I'm scanning, scanning Car- Carmen, had displayed the wings in his apartment also like adds to that degree of opulence or that um, showiness that I think the final bit of episode, the previous episode really gave us. So I think it's a pretty worthwhile sort of episode. And I do agree. It does feel like sort of a unofficial two-parter. Um, but I think that there's, there's, Lots of good stuff in this episode. And I actually think I like it a little bit better than last the previous episode. If only for the Isaiah Woodlock stuff. But also for the uh, Lucifer Amenadiel team up stuff. Which I think works pretty well. Even though from the get-go you can just tell that Amenadiel is being Amenadiel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Um... It's really interesting, like these to thinking of these two as a two parter because there's a lot of stuff we get in the one that we don't get in the other. It's, and it's like they're like, okay, well, we have at this point, if we want to actually give all of our characters uh, like something significant to do, we have too many of them to put them in both. So we're going to do all the Dr. Linda stuff in the first half, and we'll do all the Amenadiel stuff, most of the Amenadiel stuff in the second half. Um, there's that great stuff with Trixie and Dan in the first half, and we, we don't have them in the second half. Instead, we have the Palmetto stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I think I, there's a good balance of everything the show is interested in between these two episodes. I'm more interested in the stuff that, so like the beats in the first half. I, I'm more interested in in like Dr. Linda, and you know I love me, you know, the Trixie stuff more than the Palmetto stuff. So that's right. sort of where I'm at. But I totally can see, you know, if, if you're more connected with some of these other beats, especially like you say, the Lucifer and Amenadiel stuff, this is going to be the episode that I think works, uh, that is more interesting and, and more has more potential for what's going to come next. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of fun thinking about it in that way. You mentioned Isaiah Whitlock. I'm trying to think if there is an actor that I more strongly associate with a single role than, sure. than him, because it's just like, Oh, it's Clay Davis. Everybody it's Clay Davis. Maybe he'll say shit, <laughs> but really, really long. And it'll be great. And that's not fair to him. He's he's a talented actor yeah. who I always appreciate when he shows up. He, he always is, does such a good job and he always has something um, to offer and, you know, brings extra fun and nuance to his roles. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just so, 
it's just so completely connected to that one that one character that's how I feel, I feel about him hey Marcus sorry about the delay and the the room switching anyways uh yeah it's so it's just there's a yeah, I I enjoy that character. Let's start with let's start with Carmen because yeah, yeah, I also had to look up his name. I was like, who who's he? Carmen? Oh, he's taught. Yeah, yeah, Clay Davis. Um, did that thread work for you? What'd you think of of like as soon as he showed up, were you like, oh, he has them? I did not make that association immediately, and that's on me. Uh, even though I figured out like it was the wings that were missing from the storage container. Like as soon as he like started touching the container wall to open the secret compartment i just went oh his wings but no i did not make that uh, initial thing until after lucifer found out that they were fake mm-hmm. um and after that it was like oh okay yeah no he's definitely got them himself but i really like that scene in which like we have both of those sorts of type of scenes about where carmen's basically explaining the almighty dollar and everything as they try to worm their way into the auction house. And then that bit in his condo or whatever it is, uh, where we see the wings and just the split between those two, the consistent, the split in those kinds of presentation, self presentations there of Carmen is this kind of hustler, uh, very, very good hustler, which is why you cast someone like Isaiah Willock Jr. in this role, because he can do this kind of thing in his sleep without making it seem like he's asleep because he's very, very good in this episode. But then being able to flip to that, just that sense of um, awe in a very sort of like agape religious sense of awe that I think really comes through in Whitlock Jr.'s performance as he's just, just wanting to keep them and just stare at them and revel in that sense of divinity. And I think that's really kind of a potent, flip that he manages to make really consistent as a character choice that all of it feels of a piece of who this man is and we've known him for 10 minutes of the entire show and i think that that's really really impressive for me i think there's a bit of a disconnect between who we see at the beginning and who we see later only because i don't know how much of an actor he's supposed to be sure. you know because you'd think if I, like, I feel like what we get at the end of the episode, though it's really terrific and a really powerful scene, um, if if he knows that the wings are real at that point, he should not be surprised that someone has come looking for them and that it's two someones and they seem, they have a lot of charisma and, like, power to them. So when a Menadiel starts going, pity human, just go ahead and shoot yeah. me, you would think that should have more impact on him. Um. So, this, but it, it's not like he saw them somewhere between those two and then, because t- they had to make the fake, right? So I think there's some cheating there. They're hoping you're not going to think about that too much because they need this scene to be this and this scene to be this so that it'll all work together. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, in- it, 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 I do think it's an interesting, fun character and I do like the performance in each scene. I just don't, I'm not as convinced when I think about it further because it's me so of course i do um i I don't know how much it it does connect in together but really the point is to give us um amenadiel and lucifer bonding and having fun and um i think as far as that goes that it's very successful it is and especially when chloe appears at the auction Mm -hmm. 
and just the immediate way in which she responds to Amenadiel, I think it's just delightful and infuriating for Lucifer, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. How would, are you, because um, this is something I meant to ask about a couple episodes ago, but I forgot. How are you feeling about the show's just blatant, oh no, they, they're OTP, like, yeah. And and to the point where they're having all the other characters already in episode seven remark on it, you know, the fact that, that Lu- Amenadiel meets Chloe and is like, ah, so you're the reason my brother is hanging right. out with the humans. Because she's great, don't get me wrong, but like... He spends all of his time around gorgeous people that he that he's having fun with, and so just looking at her shouldn't be you know enough of a reason for that to explain everything happening with him, in my opinion. Um, but also, you know, the show knows it's the show, <laughs> you know. And the same thing with with Maze too is has already come to that conclusion. And I'm so, how is that working for you? What do you think about it? On the one hand, I really appreciate that the show is just willing to say this is what this is it, and this is where we're going to go, and you don't really need to worry about anything else to a certain degree. And I think that that there's a degree of admirableness to this in this sort of a cop not a cop uh, type of show where the UST is always sort of central to the development, uh, depending on the show. Elementary, obviously not a castle, obviously so. So I think that their willingness to just kind of be out there about that, I think works really, really well. And I sort of appreciate it. Uh, Mainly because it frees them up to do other things, which I think is important. But I think that the other thing about it is is that there is at the very least, on the Lucifer side anyway, maybe not necessarily on Chloe's yet, but on Lucifer's side, it's the fact that he can't read her. He can't compel her. He can't like have that stated out. Right. And I think that there's something really valuable in that as a, oh, this is interesting. My life has been very boring for millennia. And now it's interesting again. And I'm, I get that. And I think that that's a really sort of keen way of twisting that around a little bit. Um, and Lurker points out that um, it feels to them like Aminadil sees something, capital S, in something in Chloe. It's not necessarily just seeing that she's pretty cool or whatever. Um, which I think is fair. And I wonder if like Aminadil is able to pick up on the fact that he he detects that thing that blocks her, essentially, from Lucifer. And if that's immediately what he picks up on. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But you would also know better than I would, Kate, because you've seen the whole show. Well, there's that. Um, but I you know, I think it's also I like that idea that Lurker puts out there. Like I have no trouble believing that like angels can read people in a way it's it's like lucifer and his like oh this is they're one of the complex ones okay this is gonna actually take some effort um the notion that uh the the, that they're when they interact with humans there are certain that, that, that most people are feel like this like have an aura or have a vibe or an energy that's like this and some people are different um I mean, even just think about the scale of their lives. If they spend any time interacting with humans after a, after a few hundred years, everybody's going to feel very much the same. So if you meet someone who doesn't, that would really stand out. Marcus points out that Amenadiel's powers do work on Chloe, so which I think is a good point, and is uh, telling us it's, it's just Lucifer's that don't, right? So it, that's interesting. And that's something I actually hadn't thought about before, but... Yeah, that's a good that's a good point, Marcus. Um, yeah. 
I, I like the the dynamic here. I like that they give Chloe a second to be like, but you're very white and your brother is very black. Are we going to? No. Okay. And then the show just moves right on, which I think is appropriate. And I think that's what anybody would do in this situation. There, there are going to be future interactions where people meet, uh, you know, either Lucifer or Amenadiel. And it's like, oh, this is my brother. And they go like, Oh, adoption, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, the, and and the fact that that is such a rare thing to see on TV is kind of just ridiculous, but entertaining. And I think that the show does a pretty good job of handling. It. I like that they give Chloe that beat and then have her recover pretty well because she is a, a charming and fun person um, who can recover in a moment like that if she needs to. Um, yeah. Anything else about uh, about the stuff with Amenadiel? How did you like their like the reveal for the episode? I mean, it was pretty predictable, um, given that it's, it almost, it feels very like going to sort of like Lecter to get help and then Lecter being the serial killer sort of deal. Um, I mean, economy of characters, there's only so many characters. Right, exactly. So of the potentials of who could either, A, you've got a longer running mystery of who like is after the wings, or it's exactly the person who you think it is. And it's exactly the person who you think it is, unless it's how somehow or, or another Kevin Rankin from his hospital bed organizing <laughs> all of this, um, which would have been amazing, but was not the case. So, but I think that the payoff with it of setting the wings on fire, of basically taking out the record and being like, nope, can't get back now. <laughs> what are you going to do? I think works really well as sort of like a way to get out of check almost even if now lucifer is in a semi-permanent state of check as Aminadiel points out of like oh i just have to wait for someone to shoot you and you're <laughs> back in hell and my job's done mm-hmm. so it's it's sort of like a delightful thing and i really enjoyed tom ellis going oh i didn't i didn't put that together i did not put that together <laughs> and that whole play of that i thought it was really really good yeah. It, well, and it's also, yes, th- it, that's possible that that is true. Um, but also, are there rules for like this? It seems like this is a completely new thing that has ever happened for, for angels, right? So, yeah. weird. Do angels go to hell when they die? Because they don't usually die. <laughs> well, if he's losing his mortality, which makes him mortal, which makes him subject to the laws of whatever the theological framework is in place for this corner of the universe. Um, Considering also this corner of the universe may technically exist on the same universe as all the CW shows. Now I just have a lot of questions about (laughs) Earth's Kate. I just have so many. I just, I need them to like flash. We talk about this on televerse plenty, but flash just needs to find the, the multiverse again so that we can move along (laughs) and not be bothered by this but um back to to this i did really like that final confrontation on the beach i like i thought the opening scene on the beach was was strong i liked all their banter in the i liked the fashion choices i'm sure else and all thoughts tomorrow but the tux versus the suit and all the sartorial like you know character uh beats that we get there and how they're interacting um and the 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 laughing about oh the good old days before the fall and everything um their whole thing about saint pancake it's just 
Yeah, it was good. It's good stuff. Good. It was solid. Anyway. So, but the the again, like the previous episode, the episode this one builds really nicely to that final confrontation on the beach and the the intensity of it and the power of it in, in both of their performances. I mean, as he's getting pummeled and Lucifer's like, yeah, like fall like I did. You know, like I I thought that that was both very in keeping for the character. It made makes sense with the theology around Lucifer, but I think it's also just like okay. My brother, Mr. Judgy, uh, you, see, you know how you feel right now? This is why I fell. Because of that. You are not better than me. You are not different than me. You just, you know, had a different, like, flip of, you know, trigger point to to prompt your rage. And so if you, like, this level of anger and frustration is why I did what I did that led to, you know, the, 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 the battle and all of that stuff. Um, so, I you know, I thought that that... It wasn't a one-dimensional thing, uh, and I think that, man, that them finding nuances in their levels, but you know, between the character motivations like that, is why I'm interested in the show. Yeah, and I think I think that works really well, considering like it helps to keep the show moving forward, um, even when they're doing sort of random case of the week stuff. That like even now is starting to feel kind of flimsy, and I think this is a decent time to. Kind of second to Palmetto, um, which A, I had forgotten was a thing. (laughs) Um, And B, just doesn't seem to matter. And it's very weird in the ways in which it doesn't seem to matter in terms of like, I don't even think like the actors necessarily care about any of this. And you can sort of like feel that of like, oh yeah, a trap door. I should have been looking for a trap door all along in the gym. Like, you just don't think to look for a trap door in a boxing gym. Like, that's not, that's not a thing. And I can, that can be excused, Chloe. You're not a bad detective because you didn't think hidden compartment in the boxing gym. Mm. So I think that, but at the same time, you don't have hire someone like Kevin Rankin if you're to do this episode, if you're not going to prevent him from dying somehow. And the only way in which I'm interested in how this plays out is why he does this. Why Menadiel prevents uh kevin reckon's character malcolm from not dying after he's um whatchamacallit uh taking off life support at the end of the episode so i'm curious about how this is going to play out a little bit but i'm also just like oh i bet it's the dirty cop that we all (laughs) already hate well, I'm not going to say anything about that because I know things. Um, what I will say is that, yeah, as soon as, I mean, even the first time I watched this, as soon as they show the picture of, of, of Rankin, I'm like, well, he's coming back. Cause, right, yeah. Because he's you don't very hire good. Rankin. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was, I now actually have my entire family watching Lucifer. So, um, okay. Because previously, my younger older brother and my dad had, se- my younger brother, older brother had seen a bunch of it. And my dad had seen just a few episodes. We have now gotten past the episodes my dad has seen. So he's on new stuff. But now my brother, my elder older brother and sister in law are watching. And they're like an episode ahead of us. And my sister is watching. And she watched like eight episodes episodes today <laughs> so okay is is your sister going to start talking about it to her class because please say yes <laughs> no i don't think my sister is going to talk about lucifer to her fifth graders probably not a good idea she's going to keep reading harry potter to them um but uh but i got a text from my elder older brother um who was like i'm liking all the justified 
that's happening here. This is very nice. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, wait, what are you talking? Because I didn't know where he was in watching. He's like, well, you had Dickie Bennett, and then uh, you know, you got you got Rankin. So he's, I mean, there's a picture of him. So clearly, he's coming back. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's about right. <laughs> the show's good casting. They do a good job with their guest casting, and um, and yeah, it's a, it's such a giveaway as soon as you see that. But I don't care because he's very good, and we are going to have some fun with him. Um, yes, there is like the. It does turn it a bit into, like, the murder she wrote, Columbo, like, well, which more famous actor is showing up and they, they did it. But I kind of love that trope, so I'm very, I'm very here sure. for it. Yeah. As an old school Law and Order person, I, I'm always here for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me think. As for the rest of Palmetto, I like it more than some. And, well, I'm gonna, I like it more than many. I know that friend of the show, LaDoya Ferguson, is not very excited about this part of, of season one, or like the Palmetto part of season one. Um, listeners, if you're here in the chat, let us know your thoughts on Palmetto and any questions you have about this episode or things you, you are curious about us talking about. Uh, but in general, like, for me, this episode is all about the wings. It's all about Clay Davis. I mean, Carmen. It's all about... Um, Lucifer and Amenadiel, and uh, I'm actually very excited to get back to our next episode because we have a lot more Dr. Dr. Linda in the next episode, and as you guys all know, she's one of my favorites. Um, did you have any final thoughts? Or any, are there any other corners of the show that we haven't touched on for this episode yet? What was Maze doing? No, it's a pretty straightforward episode. Um, oh, um, Lurker likes Palmetto much more in hindsight because of what it means for one character in the future. I feel uh-huh. like Lurker is has a lot more knowledge than I do. Which yes, Lurker definitely does. And I agree. <laughs> oh, Maze in the Feather. Scotty, thank you for reminding yes. me. Yeah. Uh, I turned to my partner with um, the feather bit and went, I bet that won't be important at all later. <laughs> it's, um, it's not Chekhov's feather at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't put a, you don't put a feather in an Altoids can and tin and then not open it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty safe thing to say. Yeah, I it will it will come up. Yes, Marcus mentioned there is no Trixie in this episode, which is why, as much as I do enjoy this episode, it can't be as good as the other ones. It is Trixie <laughs> FT dubs. Um, big fan of Trixie here, though. I you know I, again, they're playing with the tones, right? So the the previous episode through the build of intensity. Uh, by the end of the previous episode, and that leads right into where we're at here, and and all this like dark and gritty Palmetto stuff. Too. Strixie is not a fit for that. So, <laughs> you know, as they as they juggle their tones, that kind of indi- that tells us when we're going to get Trixie, when we are not. And um, yeah, it's not a surprise that though I appreciate the depth and the power that they get out of those more intense moments, like the fight on the beach, for example, like the um, the confrontation with Carmen. Uh, and, and I mean, like a shout out to that visual, right, of the with the wings behind, and and you know they continue to get some really nice shots in this uh, in this season. But um, yeah, I, I I'm you know I'm not willing to sacrifice Trixie time for those beats. <laughs> Any final thoughts from anyone in the chat? Uh, Scotty's excited about Dr. Linda next episode. Any final thoughts, Noel? And if not, I think we'll wrap it up. I mean, I'm looking at the guest list. I went ahead and clicked IMDb over to the next episode, and it's just like, Jim Rash and Al Madrigal in the same episode? Okay, well, like, spoilers, but yeah. I don't break- care. That's really good. I'm very excited now. See, like <laughs> I said, this is a show that's very good at its casting. It, it, like, there's one bit of casting that I don't like, and unfortunately, it, like, it lasts for the entire, like, almost the entirety of season three, and it's just, 
I don't think it's good. And it's like, that's the one time the casting department let me down in, in this show. I can't believe <laughs> you're talking about Tom Welling like that. I know you're yeah. talking about Tom yeah. Welling. So. It's very clear I'm talking about Tom Welling. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's rough. I mean, he's not bad or anything. It's just like, it's such a big role. And then you like compare the other people they bring on for big roles. The big season long person, <laughs> the big season long person in season two is amazing. And the big season long person in season four is amazing. And the big season long person in season three <laughs> is fine. Uh, Scotty says, oh no, my freshman college crush, Tom Willing. Yeah, let's see. You'll be excited, Scotty, then when we get to season three, because he's in it for a, a lot. He's like a lot. And that's the longest season too. That's the episode, that's the season that has 26 episodes. But anyways, I don't that's think like Lurker's thrilled with you not liking Tom Welling either because that was a boo. Everybody think, else, you. yeah, Lurker also doesn't like that I don't like Tom Welling. Everybody else seems to really enjoy him, so I'm sure it's just a me thing. Um, I will be very interested in what you guys have to say about it, um, Noel, you and Allison, and then of course when we get Latoya back. Um, but yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to leave this topic before I get booed out of the chat. Um, thank you guys no for coming. No one can boo you out of the out. chat. It's your chat. It is my chat. Literally, I, I have, I have uh, you know, made sure that I uh, kick out anybody else. But thank you to Lurker and Marcus and Scotty and Tanya for hanging out with us today as we talked this episode. Tomorrow, we're going to be back to talk about season one, episode eight, um, which is a two doctor with a question mark. Very dramatic. Um, yes, this has been super fun. And uh, yeah, Allison should be hopefully back tomorrow, as long as construction is not still, like, destroying her ability to record things. We will see. Uh, but until then, bye-bye, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.